Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire. Um, I'll say football podcast because it's going to be mostly football. MWR.com is where you can find everything we write about, um, podcast, any other random weird stuff we do because uh, that's where we do stuff. And we're, we're, we're in the off season, as Matt and I like to say. It's a long way, so we want to bring you along to talk about literally anything because we can. It's our show and we can do what we discuss. It's just myself at the moment. Um, we're going to talk Wyoming football because, oh boy, we got stuff to talk about. So we're bringing on... Um, Let's see. Uh, how do how should I introduce you, Jesse? Here because you've written before. You hop on here, there. You in our DMs. What should we? Uh, yeah, say? Just, I don't know. Maybe maybe like a rando to the opinion, site. Opinion writer. <laughs> there we go. Opinion writer. So we got Jesse here. To he does Wyoming stuff um, very well. Me and him uh, actually apparently a couple weeks ago. Like, hey, let's both write about the same thing because that's awesome to do because we don't communicate well enough. But it doesn't matter. They're both different. Um, you have takes on um, Wyoming football as I do as well. In our last yeah, show, me, I mean, me and Matt discussed it briefly, but I let him go. I'm like, I'll hold off a little bit because I knew we we're doing this. And if this will be just so we get the time right, we're recording this on January 4th in the evening. We're, I'm probably going to post it Friday. So it's not back to back. So the 7th. So if there's any weird news from Wyoming football, because Jesse, it's um, anything could happen. But where would you like to start? Because we, we had the bowl game, which is a great experience. It was a good, nice butt whipping. With what they won, and everybody ran for all the yards. Defense played reasonably well to get the victory. Was it 52 38? Yeah, and then yeah. 24 hours later, um, all hell broke loose, and the team is no more essentially. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, I mean, um, everything changed in the, in the span of 24 hours. Uh, we were all feeling really good off the bull win. Um, obviously, there was some disappointment. Um, a lot of the fans thought we were going to do a little bit better, um, seven and six. Or you know six and six to get into that bowl game, but offense really took off. Yes, it was against a MAC opponent, but anytime you win a bowl game, you have uh, Nayor Williams go off like that. You feel really good about it. And like I said, 24 hours later, man, everything everything fell apart. So it was a really uh, it was a really interesting experience because it really showed the uh, the separation within the fan base right now. So. It's weird because we've seen this is the we should note too if you're not familiar this is the first full off season where players can leave without uh, sitting out a year, basically using the red shirt to transfer. There's no restrictions. Coaches can't. It used to be, hey, let's say for a Wyoming player they're from California, the coaches would literally say, okay, you can't go to any conference team, you can't go to any non-conference team in the schedule within the next however many years left of eligibility you have, and. Just to say a big screw you, you can't go to any school from your hometown state or within 200 miles. That's off the table. 
they can go where they want one time. Next time it's the old rules, essentially with you have to sit out. What? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think when you look at it, there were a lot of players that left, um, but you've really got two groups. You've got the surprises, which are the younger guys, the Williams, Naor, Rome Weber, that group. And then you've got the, the graduate transfers, the Xavier Valadez and, and that group. And those guys have spent their time in Wyoming. They've got their degrees. Um, you know, that's not really that uncommon of a thing for guys to leave at that point. The True. concerning thing was when you see guys like Williams and Nayor enter the transfer portal and there wasn't a coaching change. They just came off of a bowl victory and they both had pretty good games. What's going on there? Um, Rome Weber mm. uh, had, the, had some time off or, or took a year off with COVID last year. Not with COVID, but um, he, just, um, he opted out. Comes back lower on the depth chart than when he left, um, but works his way back into some time. Becomes a starter again and has a solid year and now he's out. So that's, I think that's where the anxiety came from is why are all these guys who've been playing so well at the top of the death chart leaving when there's not a coach that's leaving? Um, there didn't really seem to be really any explanation of what, what happened. And it's, why did they wait for the bowl game? Like, that's one thing too. It's like, these guys had good games and everybody was gone. Like Levi Williams, he is going to Utah State to be quarterback three. He's not passing Logan Bonner. He's probably not ahead of Cooper Lega. Andrew Peasley's leaving. I know there's, I believe his girlfriend goes to Utah State or something. There's some more relationship there, but that's weird because he's not going to go to a place where he's going to play right away. So that's kind of weird. But like they play the game and they play well. And so I don't know what well, they're think, doing. It's weird, yeah, right? Like think, it's odd. They play well and they're gone. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think with Levi, after the New Mexico game, um, he kind of expressed some um, dissatisfaction with the way the whole process had gone out. Um, if we remember from a season ago, Chambers was hurt again. Williams took over, had some flashes of greatness, um, mm -hmm. but struggled as, as a young player does. Came into this year thinking there would be an, a quarterback battle, but it kind of seemed like it was Chambers to lose. Williams didn't really, from the outside, it didn't really appear like he really had a shot at, at winning that position. Um, the season starts well, right? They're playing the Mac. They're playing UConn, Montana State. Easy to rack up some wins there. Um, but then barely Williams comes in and he kind of he's he steps into a situation that wasn't really good to begin with. And then a lot of the blame kind of got turned back onto him as far as now we're gonna have a battle, you know, a competition again. And so I mean it kind of makes sense why he might not have felt as comfortable in the situation as he was. What is interesting though is um he was in Utah media um when he, when he signed with Utah State, he said he had multiple Pac-12 offers and an SEC offer, which mm. I don't I don't discredit. He had um, the Big 12 schools were looking at him. He was originally committed to Houston before they had their coaching change. So I don't necessarily discount what he said. It's interesting, though, that it, what does seem as like a lateral, possibly a downward move, only in the sense that not that the Utah State program is lower than Wyoming, but he's going to the bottom of the depth chart. Yeah. Quarterback's not a position that Utah State needs, but that was where he felt was his best fit. That's interesting. Because he mentioned, Concerning. too, like the style of plays, what he likes, but it's weird to hear the state well, I mean, he would be the guy. But you're right, going back to your QB competition, because I remember, was it two years ago, Williams came in and won the bronze boot and a couple games, I believe, near, near the end of the year, and seemingly looked like a guy who could 
throw a bit more and better than Sean Chambers. That's what I kind of felt like they allowed him to throw a, a little bit. We know they don't throw a ton and we'll get to the throwing stuff because there's a particular person online who's full of themselves about this, but I felt he, you were right. It seemed like a fake competition where Williams, I felt Williams is always a better quarterback. It was close. It wasn't a huge gap. But I felt he would, he did a better job when he's playing. I know what Sean Chambers, he had the, um, who'd they beat? Was it per, not Purdue? Like um, Mizzou, Missouri, 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 the giant stiff arm, right? A couple years ago. Yeah. Like, him. So I, I was thinking of Carson strong for a moment. Cause that's that same Purdue, similar type of play, like knocking the guy over a quarterback. Yeah, I think it was the same <laughs> day too. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe that's why too, but it seemed not a real competition. I get it. If he's a starter before he's hurt, but with them being that close, I know fewer games were played between compared to Chambers and Levi Williams, but it's like, I don't know. It just seemed not, you're right, not legitimate. But then the offers, I'm like, what, think about like what school, for what his skill set is, what schools would be looking at him in the Pac-12? USC's not looking at looking at him. Maybe UCLA, because DTR kind of similar mobile type of guy. Oregon State probably. Washington desperately needs a quarterback. Washington State needs a quarterback. Not Utah. Maybe Colorado. Let's say it. What, five of the Pac-12 teams? Maybe. Oregon needed QB, but I don't think he'd be good enough to go to Oregon. SEC, I don't know where he's looking at. Like Lane Kiffin always wants to stack up quarterbacks, but he's not going there. <laughs> it just, you're right, it seems the landing spot, if, it, if football is his priority, which it may or may not be, it could be other stuff. It could be style of living. It could be whatever major in school he wants to pursue. But you're right, going to Utah State, he might be at Cooper Lagaba. Look what he played in the bowl game and lit up Oregon State. And more of a passing offense like Utah State wants to pass. Like Blake Anderson was on the radio station work at today. Talking about kind of the hey, look what we did to Devin Topkins. We're gonna air it out and throw it. Maybe Levi Williams is a secret um elite eleven awesome quarterback who can complete all his passes, but I'm not gonna really believe that's the case. But I'm betting he could throw more than what he was allowed to. So the move is really weird, and I'm not gonna criticize where he's going. It's just peculiar for the type of move he wants to go to if football was his priority, like he says it was for a style of play. What what year is he? I don't have that in front of me. Like what how many um, I know I eligibility is weird. I but believe he? he still has three years of eligibility left. Okay, so does Cooper Lega at Utah State. He might actually have four. And so maybe he's biding his time for one year for Logan Bonner to be done and then try to take over. That's not a terrible plan because he has more starting experience if he really is a fit for the system. But that bowl game will carry a lot of weight. What he did coming off for injury for Bonner and just chucking it deep and basically winning the game for Utah State, that's going to be tough to overcome when Utah State is really more of a passing than a running type team. Yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally discount him. I, I don't, I wouldn't expect him to start next year. I think that's pretty securely Logan Bonner's job, but he's got some tape out there where he can really air the ball out. And I don't, I give him credit. I mean, if he really believes in himself, he's going in a spot that's going to maximize his skill skill set. If he feels that's what he has, I have no doubt in my mind that Blake Anderson's going to give him a shot to to do what he can do and. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy in two years. Now. I'll just say that. I wouldn't be super shocked, but thinking about that, if that's his thinking, the offers from the Pac-12 were probably bottom Pac-12 team, Colorado. And I know Stanford had the top recruiting class, but maybe Stanford. So in the SEC could have been what Vanderbilt or somebody at the bottom of that conference. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. And that could be a possibility where I'd have a better chance to reach a state is a more winnable program or a better pro- program. Cause you know, there's, more exposure, you might get a little more uh, hype if you play in a Pac-12 or SEC. Clearly, for the majority of the time, um, not it's not like we had. We've seen for Josh Allen, Alex Smith, you had Car Brothers, you had Zach Wilson and BYU last year, not playing the best competition, but getting if you're good, you're good, and they'll find you. It doesn't matter, but it does help a little bit. 
Because I remember last year, Zach Wilson took him about five games in. Oh, maybe this guy really is this good <laughs> before getting picked by the Jets number two overall, despite them playing like Georgia State and their makeshift, makeshift schedule. Coastal Carolina was good, but that was kind of a not, it's a similar schedule with the Utah State plays essentially or Wyoming plays. Is there a like a coaching thing? Because that's where it comes back to where is Craig Bull a guy? Because we opined on this on our show the other day about does he just one of those old type military dictator coaches? I'm going to do it my way and I don't care. Or that's what he seems like to me, just because his kind of a demeanor and attitude. It may not be the case, but it's kind of a vibe I get from him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's reasonable to come to that conclusion. Um, and that's what he that's what he came up with. I mean, he came up with the Tom Osborne Nebraska system. Um, that was an era of football where they were just going to run the ball. They were going to play tough defense and they were going to recruit wherever they needed to go to get guys. I mean, uh, Tommy Frazier from Florida, mm-hmm. wherever they needed to go to get guys, they were getting those and they were bringing them in and they were going to play their system. And it was very established what they were going to do. I think the difference is that times are changing, right? Style of play is very important. And I mean, not to compare him to Nick Saban, uh, but Nick Saban's an older coach. Nick Saban showed a lot of that stuff when he left Miami, the Dolphins, to take the Alabama job. Pro-style offense, we're playing hard-nosed defense, and his struggles he had to overcome was his quarterback play. Yeah, they remember like he changed the system, and now he's getting the best quarterbacks in the country. John Hurts, Bryce Young. I remember when they played Utah. Like, great. remember McElroy? It's like who are these guys playing quarterbacks? These redheaded guys who just hand the ball off to Najee Harris or uh, Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like the, the quarterback is legitimately that legitimately like 10 out of 12 of the sec back then they were not very good even though they had freaking julio jones before they started airing up but they had sarkeesian come to town and kiffin's like hey let's open things up he'll make adjustments and the thing in the offense like well i mean what they do well xavion validate 20 plus carries i know swen came in late to i don't know why that really switched up but he is just as productive so we know that you can run a lot and still throw a decent amount as well because they're like a service academy plus, in my opinion, kind of, in how they want to run their offense. They want to run a ton and throw literally 15 times a game, which is not ideal. And there's the argument, oh, it's the weather, it's windy. It's like, I don't know. That doesn't matter. You know, you only play half your games at home, and it doesn't really get bad weather until, like, November. So you have, what, three games at home at most when the weather's really shady and not good and windy and snowy and all that type of stuff where throwing the ball in the wind is more difficult than snow and rain. So I don't buy that. And not that he needs to go out and do four wide outs, but look at like, even like, let's go back to Josh Allen real quick. Like we can get that tweet in a minute, but which I'm debating, like it's smart, but also kind of weird when they had him, they had, you probably know they had a um, NFL player at center. Who's with Washington was, or is they had a tight end in the NFL wide receiver in the NFL, Brian Hill running back, go to the NFL, clearly Josh Allen in the NFL and Josh Allen still completed like 56% of his passes with one of the best groups of talent Wyoming's had in a very long time. And they still barely threw the ball and he still was 55 to 58% on a good day. So I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a good spot to go back to though, because that's kind of where everything shifted. They had all that talent on offense. Um, Man, they had some they had some ridiculous games. I don't know if you remember the UNLV game, yeah, nine to sixty six loss. Stupid campus um, insiders can't find it anywhere now. Come on. There was the um, the Boise game, obviously thirty to twenty eight, mm-hmm. um, which I'll get back to in a minute. And then there was the New Mexico game at the end, where they gave up I want to say like fourteen yards a carry, and New Mexico just blew them out of the water. I think it was maybe fifty six to thirty five. Um, but Wyoming had the tie break over 
in the three-way tie over New Mexico and Bo- Boise State to host that um, that title game that year. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference was they were a little more open. They had more talent on offense. And when you have more talent on offense, um, the error of mar- your, your room of your margin is a little bigger, right? Because you can be mm-hmm. off a little bit, but you get a couple deep, deep throws down there. You know, you, you made up, you know, 14 points. Mm-hmm. With the offense they have now, it keeps them close. They're not getting blown out of games for the most part. But that room for margin or that margin for error is not not very high. So for some reason, things aren't going well. Um, it goes really south for them. And he's really struggled against teams that kind of play the same way as him. Rocky Long has owned him. San Diego State, they've owned him. Um, he's 0-2 against Rocky Long defenses. At 14 Mexico, right? to three to losing to Mexico this year. New Mexico didn't have a quarterback to save their life. Yeah. They, and played, last year, they lost to them last year. Yeah. Back to back years. Like they, Mexico had, yeah, you have Danny Gonzalez, but Rocky Long, more importantly, in my opinion at the moment. Isaiah Chavez, who was a, the guy who came in last year, beat Fresno State end of the season as a walk on, like I think is like the New Mexico player of the year. In that game, throughout the year, he didn't play very well. 11 of 12 and a touchdown pass. And had 50 or 49 yard rushing that yeah. it's, it's more than, than I don't know what it is about Wami because we're kind of jumping around the place, but like the offense, if we want to stick there, we, you would think with like Nair, what did he, I should pull up here, but he, where did he end up going? Has, has he said where he's left yet or where he's, I think he has agreed to visit Tennessee, Texas and USC. He was on your roster, Craig Bull. What's going on? If he's going to USC, Jackson Dart going to chuck it deep? Come on. It's like you have Quinn Ewers throwing him to Texas. Jeez, what are you doing? Well, and it, a lot of people want to make the comparison to Calvin Johnson and Demarius Thomas at Georgia Tech. But, I mean, I, I don't think that's a fair comparison at all. Nayor left Texas to come to Wyoming. And, yes, Wyoming was one of his only offers. But you still got to do what's best for you. He's not playing in the ACC. Um, he doesn't have any ties to the area he's got to maximize his potential, right? So it makes total sense that he's not an offense that's throwing the ball. He's not, he's playing at Wyoming. He's not going to stand out necessarily. Yes, the scouts might see him, but it's going to be a little bit harder for him where you've got virtually every P5 team wanting to get a little taste of Naor. How do you not, how do you not do that, right? 20 yards a catch and 12 touchdowns, but yet only three and a half yards, three and a half catches per game. When they, that's something that's where, like if they give him the ball more, like if you give him, 70 catches, he's not going to get 1,400 yards, but he is up there, and he always does score touchdowns. He's a deep threat. You think with the it's part of it, the running game goes well. They throw deep, but they need to throw more. It's like they, they don't need to go crazy four verts and mad and whatever, but open up a little bit to let your QB throw, and that kind of goes back to that tweet he sent out. Like, I keep going back to it because – if you missed it, basically it's a call, help on its sign, zip recruiter, indeed type of a deal where, hey, we're come to Wyoming. We need a quarterback. I actually kind of like I kind of like the premise of it because hey, Oklahoma did the same thing, lose, likely losing Caleb Williams or AD and new Brett Venables did the same thing the other day, where hey, Heisman Trophy winners, quarterbacks, they do well come to town. Wyoming using again, <laughs> you can nitpick, but using Josh Allen in the Bills uniform, a little disingenuous and like, hey, maybe the Bills won't get mad at us. It's patently false that they develop good quarterbacks. They say, hey, come to our town, come to our school, and you'll be this. They've yeah, done it that's... once, and it fell on their lap. And like I said, when he was at Wyoming, he ran well. He had a huge, strong arm. He still completed 56% of his passes. And I'll always stand by that, and he's better than a fell. And 
the weather in Buffalo is no different than Laramie, Wyoming. You know what I mean? The wind, the snow, all that type of conditions are very similar. I'll never back down and say he, he was looked great in college, but he wasn't this elite guy who's throwing 70, completed 70 per 70%. He made some weird throws and it is growing and being better and getting better NFL talent around him in an NFL team. But to say you could be the next Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen as a college quarterback, honestly, what is it okay? Just to say he was above average. Like he wasn't, amazing when he's only completing that few passes and throwing a sling the ball like Brett Favre and trying to run when he can. He clearly is good in NFL and he wasn't bad in college, but he wasn't a surefire top five pick. Like he's not a traditional style quarterback, which NFL's moving more toward dual type of guys here and there. But what development do they really do? And he came in because of injury at some point. He wasn't even the guy, despite people saying, oh, he, they gave him a chance. Nobody wanted him. He's down the street from Fresno, blah, blah, blah. He came in because of injury one year and they go, oh, hey, maybe this guy is really good. Yeah, he so we've had this discussion before, but I feel like his better year was his last year when when he was out there by himself. Um, they, I want to say it was the Air Force game late in the season when he got injured. He ended up missing the last two games of the season, came back with the Fatal Bowl. But they were at I want to say they were at eight and three overall, seven and three overall. And the offense was terrible he was dragging that team to wins. They had a bunch of fourth quarter comebacks and that was the year the defense emerged. Um, the defense of 2016 was one of the worst defenses in Wyoming history. They still well, made started, the title game. All the true freshmen, like Logan Wilson, all those guys were true freshmen starting. It was just garbage. And then they finally year two, year three, year four were really, really, really good. Yeah. And, and so Allen was able to do enough for that offense to drag them in there. And we see, we see that with Buffalo where he can make a play out of nothing he can run over people. He when he gets into the open field, he's gone. That was stuff that was easier to do at Wyoming than it was at Buffalo, or than it is at Buffalo now. But that was the impressive stuff that we haven't had at Wyoming since then. Um, yeah, do you remember recruits, in the playoff the game that, and they beat the Texans? I think when Texans had, were really good and he somehow beat or almost beat them. Had those? I remember I like the Texans from punish myself for some reason, but because they're terrible now. But same deal. They weren't very good. They they got in the wild card spot. And he was. Third and long, getting past J.J. Watt and doing stuff. I don't think they won the game, but it's something where, holy crap, he nearly beat the NFL team by himself with nobody yeah. else around him. Yeah, that's what, that's the kind of talent he was. And, you know, you can debate what what was he in college versus what he is now. But if you want to look at it at, from a Wyoming perspective, here's this guy, Josh Allen. Nobody's looking for him. He sends out letters to every college in America. Craig Bull sees that and says, hey, I'll take a chance on you. Since then, he's had three quarterbacks, and I know the last two have been three stars. I'm pretty sure Vanderwall was a three star. Um, so you got Vanderwall, you've got Chambers, and you've got uh, Williams, three star quarterbacks. Two of them had P5 offers before they came to Wyoming. All three have transferred. Yeah, Vanderwall, Idaho State. Yes. So, so what I, does that say? I mean, we're trying to market the next Josh Allen, and you have a guy like Josh Allen come to your program. You absolutely mark that folks in the pros. That's phenomenal. You coached Carson Wentz for a year. Absolutely. Put that on your resume. Yeah, but totally to drop that four years later, when you had three guys who at that point in their career were considered better players than Josh Allen. And not only have they struggled, they've transferred, they've left. And Development you're going to advertise that this is the place to go. We'll make you the next Josh Allen. Unless you start here because you're going to leave because you can't play here, right? What's going on? It's them not – well, Brent, their OC, Brent, was it Brent, Brent Vision was their OC for a couple of years. Nobody liked the offense when he was running in town. Isn't his son, like, on staff running the offense now? Um, 
No, no, no. Um, his son is think. a uh, defensive coach. I think he's oh, a linebacker. T- oh, sorry. I think of Bo Graham. Apologies. Hawaii. That's also a freaking mess at the moment. Yes, that, that, yeah. But the offense, it's, they bring in these guys, like, develop talent. Like, that's a problem. On offense, they, he, this is what it seems like to me, what type of coach he is. He's clearly a very good defensive coach. Really good. It's it's like if you think of what like Mike Leach does or even Nick Rolovich or Lane Kiffin to a degree, those type of guys where or Steve Sarkeesian a little bit too. Like, hey, we're full offense. I don't care about the defense. That's what it seems in reverse. Like I'm here in Utah, Kyle, Kyle Winningham's like offense. I trust you. He before this past couple of years, he had no joke, I think 10 offensive coordinators in 10 different years. Something absurd. And the guy they have now is Andy Ludwig, who was back in town from 2004 when they went or 2008, when they went to the sugar bowl and beat Alabama, it seems like he doesn't, I don't know. He needs to bring an offensive guy. who's like, he could let him have it and do it, but he needs to bring in like a innovative offensive guy. seems like he messes with it just enough to help the defense more than help. It helps the deep hurt. Uh, how am I putting this? He wants an offense that will help his defense more than let the offense succeed being a little bit of innovative or a little bit more, a little bit more open, just a little bit. I think he's still, which there's nothing wrong with it. Run the ball, hold the ball. Went on defense. Great. That still works. But look at San Diego State. They have, Lucas Johnson just transferred after having the best game in almost a decade for Aztec quarterback, winning versus UTSA, 333 yards, three touchdowns. He's up and goes as well. It's like he's a tra- grad transfer, I think, seventh-year guy, eventually COVID stuff for the extra year to play. But you see what's going on. Like, you got to – if you have a good team, which they do on parts of it, defense and good they, – they developed running backs, going back to Brian Hill – Quarterback Josh Allen, he's a top 10 pick. No, you can't deny what he did. And he pulling teams by himself. And even though 56% passing percentage isn't amazing, but he's still, you could tell when he's out there, he's winning games for them. They need to, he needs to get offensive coach. I think that says here, do the offense, just give me cliff notes of what you're doing. I don't want to meddle with it. Say, hey, why are you throwing on all these down? What are these passing plays? I've never seen this before. <laughs> what are you doing? I think that's what they might need to do to attract talent that wants to come, but saying you're going to bring in, be the next Josh Allen. That's just a flat out lie because what has he proven since then to develop any sort of quarterback to even get a sniff in the NFL? And the answer is nothing. They're not, they're all gone. Like you said. Well, yeah. And I, I think, I think a lot of the fan base is really confused um, with this year vegan left. And so vegan took a lot of the blame for the offense because bull got credit for how good the defense was. Obviously he's the defensive coach or he's the defensive specialist. It's got to be the offensive coordinator who's know what he's doing. And so a lot of the blame has gone back to vegan. And then you see what happened this year. Very first game of the season, Montana State, Wyoming. The, the offense that Montana State ran looked nothing like the offense that we saw at Wyoming. Um, whether that was him, whether that was Bull, was it a little bit of both? I don't know. But well, he t- clearly saw that something wasn't working and he changed his philosophy. They had one of the better offenses in FCS. They're in the championship game. That's yeah. that's where he is now. And, and Bull, Bull didn't really have, I don't want to call Vegan a crutch, but there was always like, he was never going to be pushed to make a change. And then when Vegan left, all of a sudden, I think the clock started ticking. Okay, there's a new guy coming in. We should see some change. But he goes no. back to his roots. He goes back to what he's comfortable with. He goes and gets Polisek. And I think Polisek's a great coach. I don't think philosophically they are where they need to be to be a good duo here. He's, I, he comes I think from that Iowa. Goes back to your point with Bowl, <laughs> is he really, is he really, well, in Polisek, 
he's a candidate. I don't know if Kansas State's filled their offensive coordinator position. He's a candidate there, um, or he was a candidate there for that job based on one year as offensive coordinator at Wyoming with the offense oh he had. Like, <laughs> these, these talented guys are coming through Laramie. Hazleton, he went to Kansas State to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. I think he's at Michigan State now as a defensive coordinator. Um, Dyker up at um, Washington State, he's the head coach there now. Yeah. He's taken a bunch of people from Wyoming to go up there with him. Um, there's players, there's coaches, all these people are going through there. Yet, for some reason, the program is still not going along. And to get back to your original point, it makes you wonder, is he willing to change? Is he willing to adapt to the game? Or is no. he so stubborn or comfortable or scared of failure? Whatever, you, whatever route you want to go, that he's getting just enough results to have his security um, with his position and with, with the results that he's getting. I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm, I'm, no, 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 okay. He's already got rid of one offensive coach. Was it working? He brings in Tim Polisak, who was at North Dakota State with him for a while. But he was from freaking Iowa. What does Kurt France do? That's the same type of system. Run the ball, play defense. That's We'll throw when we need to. Right. Yeah. So. They do go bring in David Yost, who is at Texas Tech and Utah State. Bring in a guy who will sleep, throw the ball, maybe not that extreme, but a little bit more because people want to go. It's like San Diego State, back to them. Like Me and Matt mentioned forever. If they've had a an above-average quarterback, they would dominate the conference. Their defense is elite. Always have a really, really good running game. Players and ears within the conference, guys in the NFL doing well. Give me a decent quarterback. Or even when New Mexico was running their weird pistol, they'd Cole Gouchy. It's like, can they pretend to throw the ball? Can they at least pretend? Because when it's third and eight, they know what to do. They can either go crazy and blitz you or drop nine and try to find an open window, which is not going to be there with nine guys playing in coverage. They, I think, like what it is really, bring in a guy who's going to run the offense and like, all right, just kind of let me know what's going on. I just, here's what I think. But I bring you new to be the expert. He's not an expert on offense, even though, but remember, North Dakota State, he was still a defensive guy. It was the offensive coaches that did things there. So it's not like he's some innovator on offense, which you don't need to be. Give me something in between of what he's doing and what like Lane Kiffin runs or Mike Leach runs. You know what I mean? Like do, or what June Jones and the run and shoot. Just have Brandon Marion come and be your OC, but that's not going to happen. He's probably going to get a head coaching job in five years with him doing a pit, what he's doing with his offense. It's like, I keep saying like a million times, so I hate it. But I think that's one of the biggest, bigger deals is like is bringing an offense that's a little bit more. It doesn't have to be a ton. They can still run 25 times a game, 35 times, whatever they want to run. But I think they need to throw more than 12 times a game. That's yeah, I mean, get- that's just the nature of the game right now. The game is designed to pass the ball. All the pass interference penalties, um, defensive holding, and those are automatic first downs. The game is intended mm-hmm. to be thrown. I mean, the, the game – at this point of the, of the, the lifespan of football, you're, it's a throwing game. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't run the ball like that. And it doesn't mean you can't, you can't philosophically be that way. But I think he's starting to see that, or I think we're starting to see the limitations of what he's doing. Um, that San Diego State comparison always comes up with Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a couple of big differences there. Yes, they are very similar. However, San Diego State you're in San Diego, so mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> desirable place to be, probably the best city in the conference. But you've also got all the recruiting in Southern California, Arizona, that radius, Nevada. Um, Wyoming yeah. doesn't have that. Well, they have two so, FBS players a year out of the state, not very many. They play six-man football because just the population isn't there. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at – if you go with the 200-mile radius, you're looking at maybe catching Denver, and that's like the only – metro area you're going to get and 
Yes, there's some good players that come out of Colorado. There's some very good players that come out of Colorado, but he's done a good job of recruiting to other places. I think the problem that we're going to see now is that they're going to view that as a stepping stone because they do get the one free transfer. And so if bring- he doesn't have something that can make his, his program stand out, he's only going to be getting guys who want, want that one year to shine, and then they can go to a place that's going to maximize them, whether it's uh, an AOR going to USC or Williams going to a passing offense in the same conference or a passing team in the same conference. I think we're going to start to see more of that. So how do you overcome that? I mean, look at what Utah State has done, right? Yeah. Um, well, also basketball, Marcus Williams from Texas. Well, amazing, amazing year. Goes, where is he at? Texas A&M now after one year? Yeah, he went to A&M. Like he was from Houston, I think, or Houston or something. Like now he's there at Texas A&M where he was one of the best freshmen in the country. So I think it comes back to a couple things. Be You're right, have a desire. Winning helps. Like San Diego State, part of the two, they made a couple tweaks where when Rocky Long's there, all right, let's go to shotgun and not have a fullback, but still run the same offense, essentially. So it's a little bit more creative here and there. But also, you want like say, offense that's a little bit more fun, but does it come down to not to be a nice guy, but college coach, you hear the stories, like it changes every decade. Oh, we're doing this with this guy. We're doing this. I was a with former Utah coach uh, Ron McBride. He's on the radio show work on as a few months ago. They had guys. And this was not even like in the 50s where they'd say, oh, we're locked in the hotel room or the 70s where you can't contact anybody or you're staying here for a week in like some side motel like on Shits Creek to hide away from any other coach. They went to Arizona to get recruit a couple guys. And this was when Utah, I don't know, 90s. Somebody's looking at University of Houston. And back then, Houston, Andre, I think it was around the time Andre War was there when they're, Dave Kingler, when they're slinging the ball like crazy and Utah was not very good. They were in Arizona recruiting a JUCO because Houston, the team had like a handshake deal. Hey, we'll get players from you or funnel them back to us, kind of like under the table type deal to bring them to the FBS team or one one at a time. They went like, hey, where, where are the guys? Oh, they want a train ride, like a 14-hour train ride, like a scenic train trip around Arizona and whatever else is in the area <laughs> to keep these guys in town. You don't need to do that, but you can't, I think part of it too is coaches with the one freebie year and maybe a will limit, limit down and not be as extreme, but how about you don't lie to these kids? Cause Hey, you're coming to play right away. Number one, I'm like, why am I not playing? Why am I not doing this? You felt lied to. And so I think that's not just, this is not just a Wyoming thing, but this is probably everywhere in college football, college basketball, where, Hey, we're going to say that you're going to give promises that you can't keep. And after one year, it's like the doc, Dr. Pepper commercial. The guy's like, I haven't played forever and dives in the portal because he's had no tape on him or no, not no tape, but that's another concern, but nothing, no snaps, I should say, hasn't played. And if you're going to be told, Hey, you come in day one and be a contributor contributor and you're not, and you barely play. Why, why would I say for a coach that's not truthful? Like there's some guys, Hey, you're gonna play right away. You're great. Some guys do need to work harder to earn playing time. I think being open and honest about what their expectations are as a true freshman coming in, it's like, Hey, we have these guys in front of you. If you work hard, this could be the case. I see you one day maybe being a starter or being compared to player X of the past, but you can't just shoot out there and say, hey, you're going to be a true freshman starting quarterback or a true freshman left tackle. And that's not the case. And I don't know what those conversations are, but we know they happen. Then we know those happen. And maybe that's something where, hey, here's what we're going to do. And here's where I see you. And here's where I could see you. And like, like, do they allow to play out a plan? Like, hey, year one, maybe you'll register, maybe not. You got the four games to play. There's a chance to get in there. Or they can say, hey, year two, I could see you here. Year three, I see you here. I don't know what the what the like the like life plan is when they go there for after the four to five years they stay in school. 
maybe that needs to change as well to keep people in town because even if the system is not what you thought it would be, if you're playing a lot, that's fine. Maybe that's enough. But I think that's a big issue anywhere and everywhere. And coaches need to adjust what they're doing when they're recruiting tactics. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's just the way the game has changed. You gotta, you gotta adjust or you, you know, adapt or die. If you don't want, if you don't want to play by the new rules, you gotta move out of the way and let somebody who wants to do that. You just, it's not, it's not your way anymore. It's whether you like it or not, things have changed and you either got to do it or, or, you know, watch everybody else pass you by. Like even Dabo Swinney doesn't like all these rules and stuff about or the changes, but he realizes I only need 20 something guys. That's all I need. I know it's a different high level program at the moment, but before I got Deshaun Watson and everything, Clemson was trash. They were not very good. And once you can get up and be good, you're a more, more desirable place like San Diego state. Like we keep bringing them up. Even though they're, I wouldn't want to be a quarterback. Even Jesse Matthews wide receiver is doing quite well. Do you really want to go there as wide receiver? Like, do you want to be a wide receiver for a triple option offense? Probably not. It means you probably weren't very good <laughs> for a wide receiver to go there. But if you keep winning, okay, maybe I'll go there and I can win it when it's fun. And if I'm the number one receiver for a team that passes just okay, that's good enough for me. If I get what, like I was saying, like Mayor, like, oh, that's good enough. Like, you, you'll you be seen. But guys want more, and that's fine if that's your desired. But, again, the mass transfer, I don't know how many guys it is. It's at least, what, a dozen guys? Like, starting running, starting receiver – I know Xavier Valdez is a grad transfer, so that's, like you mentioned earlier on, that's different. But they have no quarterbacks. They have no running backs. Their top receivers are gone. Defensive guys are graduating and moving on. This team probably is not going to be very good next year, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard to argue that. I will say that, as, as I kind of mentioned before, I think part of his system has shown that he's consistently – he's consistent. Now, that could be – depending how you look at that – some of us find that, you know, kind of disturbing. We don't want to be consistently average. Mm-hmm. We want to be consistently good. And he's brought, he's brought a steadiness to the program. He's brought in guys that aren't leaving. So that's not only are guys leaving now, but guys are leaving, you know, at a greater number than ever before. So I don't necessarily see a massive drop. Um, they had seven wins this year with the bowl game. So they went six and six in the regular season. I, I can see him pulling out three to four wins next year. Um, I just think they do play fundamentally sound for the most part. They run the ball well. They're going to play good defense. That's going to keep you in games. Um, and like like we've seen where they fall, like Brian Harson. you look at some of these Wyoming-Boise State games, Boise State plays wide open all the time. Whenever they play Wyoming, they do exactly what Wyoming does. They do it a little bit better. <laughs> and for the most part, during the bowl era, they win by a touchdown here, a field goal there. And yes, there are a few blowouts in between, but it's almost to where he takes the game to bowl. Like you're, you're playing your little brother or something and you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to play the same way you play, but I'm going to do it a little bit better than you. And there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. That, that's kind of how I feel. Um, Boise state has treated Wyoming lately, but getting back to the point, you look at the Utah state game. Wyoming had no business winning that game. That's um, weird. Very weird. They caught Utah state, on, Utah state on a bad night. They also didn't make any mistakes. They played really well. They didn't make any mistakes. A team like Utah State, yeah, they're going to win that game seven out of ten times if they played last year. But with the style of offense they play, with the with the way they've been playing defense, you catch them on a bad night, you can really take advantage of them. And that's what happened for Wyoming last year. Um, that's kind of a risk and reward. And we haven't really seen much risk-taking in the Wyoming program in a while. Right now, they're number eight in the Mountain West, early signing period over. I don't care about national rankings. doesn't matter. 
one quarterback. They have a Caden Becker, three-star guy. They have a couple three-star players. Uh, I they're gonna need another quarterback. Are they gonna go with like freshmen? I don't know what they're gonna do because they're like their non-conference schedule. Jump. Let me get more focused here. They go to Illinois. They could be to Illinois, right? Tulsa's not very good. Northern Colorado. They go to BYU, which always always be tricking the talent, but their non-conference schedule isn't very difficult next year. So, and let me stop you there. I I disagree with you. Um, yes, it's not very difficult, but if you look at what they had this year, right? If we look at kind of what we've seen free or, or recently, that is that's going to be a pretty big step up for a team that's taking a, a pretty big drop back in talent. Well, yeah, um, I just made Illinois, general, this- Illinois is going to be that's going to be a tough game. Um, Bielema not. Bielema's a good coach. They're going to run a system that's similar to Wyoming, They're get, except they're going to do mm-hmm. with guys who are bigger, faster, stronger. Of course. That's going to be tough. Like, they can hang in there, but I don't, that's what I I don't mean. see that one. Well, I just mean it's close. not – a win there would not overly shock me. It's not a – what I'm getting at, it's like it's not overly difficult. Like, all those four games, they're probably not going to beat BYU, but the other three, Tulsa, Northern, Col- Northern Colorado, and Illinois, I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Illinois. Will they? Probably not, but it's not an – over daunting okay. opponent. That's what I'm getting. At. Like it's not overly difficult where you're gonna go get your head bashed in playing. Yeah, they're not going to play Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State, Alabama, whatever. Yeah, those type of teams. But it's still I can see them losing 31 to 13, and it doesn't seem that close. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's kind of what I would see. I would I would expect as well next year. With what, what we see right now, you know, with, with the roster where it's at now. So what do you like? What's the is there let's go back to this. Is there an actual problem with the team, or is this just hey, free movement? We can go and see what happens. Do you think there's a real problem with the coach? I think offensively. Like we said, be more exciting. Is there an actual problem like Hawaii with the coaching stuff, or is it just so? From what just, I've heard, I don't necessarily think that's. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think. I mean, I think you have. There are going to be some players you've had some issues with. Um, I think that quarterback room, the way he handled that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think he handled it. He really mismanaged that. I, I don't think he was honest to either one of them, and I think they took a lot of blame for things that happened in the games. So I, I can understand that. Um, running back, I mean, Jimmy Smith, uh, Trey Smith's dad, um, Trey Smith is one of our running backs, transferred from Louisville, um, fell to third on the depth chart. He tweeted about Bull wanting Swain to play, um, and he did. He got a lot of carries. But he was good, too. That's the problem. It's not like he played and didn't do well. When he Absolutely. got carries, he, did. he was better than Valade some games late, late in the year. Yeah, he did. I mean, he did really well, um, but maybe – we don't know the conversations that true, you know, that happened in that going it back can to go back to, to what I said. Hey, you're going to be our number two when there's a chance you'll play. And it's just a flat out lie just to give him the sign. Exactly. So, you know, you don't know what happened there. Um, and maybe is that good? I don't, we don't know. We Victor Jones got kicked off the team last year. Um, somehow he made his way back onto the team and you know, who knows what that relationship's like Rome Weber. I, I already mentioned the opt out. And when he came back, him and Solomon Berg were starters. When they came back, they were lower on the depth chart, had to work their way back up, um, almost like either they were punished for opting out. And his comments yeah, last year about opt-outs weren't great either. So clearly there was some animosity there, whether that spilled over to the, you know, in between them man-to-man, you know, who knows, the you speculation. You know what? I will say it did. I clearly did. I'm Him, Nick Rolovich, and guys who are like – because the guy's suing freaking Nick Rolovich for what happened at Washington State. I guarantee – I will, you don't have to say anything. I will say almost for certainty, it's like you're with us, you're not with us. It's like, well, coach, it's not black and white. So I'm betting there was something there that Coach Bull didn't like that he didn't play. That's the type of guy I got the impression from. It wouldn't surprise me if coach is like, well, you're not playing. Well, I'm doing it. Your roommate's doing it. Player X is doing it. One through 78 are doing it. Why aren't you doing it? I can 
see him holding that personally against them, at least to he came back to the team, but to a degree. Oh, yeah, 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 I, I see that. So you've got that. And then you just got, you know, Keegan Kreider, the center. He he's going to the draft and then the graduate transfers, you know, like there was I think we saw the tweet out there somewhere about, you know, players. It wasn't anything with the coaches. It was more about the weather. Yeah, you spend four years in Laramie. It's it can be brutal. You know, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, you, if you got your degree, you're ready to you know move on with your life. You want to go try football one other place. You know, by all means, do that. You know, nothing to hold against you. But yeah, yeah. getting back to those those other guys who have left. Is there a cultural problem? Who knows? There's still 90 guys who want to be there. But it is interesting because it. You look at Oklahoma. Guys are leaving Oklahoma because their coach left. Um, Colorado State guys left Colorado State because their coach left. Guys have left Nevada because their coach left. Why are guys leaving Hawaii? Right? Players That's aren't true. leaving Hawaii because their coach left. Players from Hawaii who grew up in Hawaii are leaving Hawaii to go somewhere else. Right. So you see stuff like that, and the Wyoming situation from the outside looks more similar to what's going on at Hawaii, whether it is or not. Than these other places where you say, oh, well, there was a coaching change. Of course, guys are going to look around and see what else is out there. The guy who brought them there isn't there anymore. Because, so. you know, players like to go. It's not the school. It's the coaching system. Like any when they all say the stupid Barrett Sales or whoever else or these random guys, Danny Cannell's like, oh, you go to the school. It's like, do we really? I played freaking water polo in college. And when, when there's rumors or talk of our coach being let go because we were a pretty good team and kind of dipped for a year. Like, oh, maybe we'll go somewhere else because I wanted to be with, with this guy who's our coach, not because of school, because the school I went to, their swimming pool was a piece of crap and garbage and not a good place to practice. And it's, we got around that, but it's like, I don't want to stay. I'd rather go somewhere else where it's more fun. Go to California, be on the sun, sunny weather, not in, near New York, which is fun and great in its own right, but I'd rather be outside and do more fun weather. And I was, me and a couple other guys were considering going somewhere else, but he stayed. So like, oh, we'll stay too. And so I left for other reasons, but when there was talk, he may not be around. It's like, well, maybe we'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, and and um, there was the piece that Andrew recently done with the question, the Q and A with uh, Xavier Dussel of the basketball team, mm-hmm. and one of his questions was, "What was the transition been like?" Because he graduated during COVID, and then he came to Wyoming. So not only did he leave Arizona, but now he here he is in Wyoming. Um, he's online classes or whatever, and he said he still hasn't gone back. He's not going back to class in person, if if I remember correctly, or maybe he had one class in person. It's not about necessarily the school. Yes, they are going to school. But, you know, a lot of these guys are taking classes online. And, yeah, some of them are taking classes in person. Um, but, yeah, they're not going there to be at the school. They're going there to be with the coaches. They're going there to be with the other guys. They're not going there to be students at X and Y University. For the most part. Yeah, there's For the like, most part. They've been, you know, they've been asking to infamous quote years ago about what he's doing at Ohio State. But there's other guys like I talked to Jamal Anderson recently in our radio shows. Like, he recently went to University of Utah. Because he wanted to take academics seriously and they actually were not placated him. It's like, yes, you can talk to these advisors or whoever departments to get a real feel. He said, when we went to other schools, they didn't seem to care. They wanted you just for football, which you're there for football, but you're right. It depends. Some guys want to play football, get the basic degree because you can't pick and choose half the time what you want to do. Oh, practice this year, do this. Oh, stay eligible, do this class here, get a less than desirable degree than what they probably would want to get or something in some cases. Cause all oh, I can't take this tough class because it's at three to 4 PM during practice, but, and it's fine. Some guys are good enough for football and they work their degree. Business degree is pretty generic. A lot of guys do that, which is great, but you're right. Some just at least early on, like, Oh, I want to focus on football more. And these classes are great early on. I can do what I want. And then later on, maybe they make some tweaks here or there, but 
yeah, during, especially when you can do online stuff, like not even really be around and you're always with your football buddies and everything and practicing and doing all those type of things. There's a million scenarios of why you would want to stay and want to go. I just hope it's not like Hawaii because that situation is pretty hairy. But again, back to Craig Bullock, what he does, I can see him. There's two main things. He's probably a hard guy to work, not a hard guy, but kind of a uh, just a stern type of guy. You don't need to be their best friends, but don't be Todd Graham and don't know your third string running back or something, or don't invite them over to your house when you have a, a party with half the team or eight players or something. <laughs> I think the new coach, like he's, you made it right with Nick Saban, he made adjustments to offensively and he's actually cracked some jokes the past couple of years. Like, whoa, he could be funny. Yes, he could be funny when players allow to talk and say stuff and not just have the Dasani and Coca-Cola bottles sitting on the on the lectern doing the press conference. But Coach Bull, no personality goes a long way. You know what I mean? Like crack a random joke here or there. It's like be nicer to your guys. Like maybe I'm not saying he's not, but going a bit more personable goes a long way to, hey, maybe I'll stick around because we made some random crack or had something in common that the coach actually talked to me about and I'm on the backup long snapper and he's chatting for me for four minutes here one day. It's like that helps morale with everything. But I think there's that if it maybe loosen up just a little bit. But then also, again, go back to the offense and get something more creative. Defensive guys will play there. They don't care. He's really good and they're fine and they want to – they produce NFL talent all the time. I comes back, again, the transfers leaving. They're all basically all, all on offense, right? So that's um, kind of – Well, I mean, a, it's – A lot. It's pretty even. I, I mean, if you look at it, it's, it's pretty even offense and defense. Maybe um, I missed a few guys. But it's – well, I don't know. I just, the big names – the biggest – the two biggest names there are Williams and Naylor. Yeah, only even Chambers and decent names yeah. too. And Valade, he's but he – He's a grad transfer, but still, they're electing to leave, whereas, I don't know, I, mean, I just think kind of the offense is where they need to make it a bit – like, what offense would you want them to run? Like, they can – the guys catch the ball, and Eric gets the ball. They don't spread out too much. What would you – what was your ideal maybe scheme or what you want to see them do that's still on the basis of running a lot because they do really well running the ball, but also throwing a bit more here or there, whether it be the tight ends or – swing passes or something different. Like, what do you want to see them kind of tweak? Cause I think all it really needs is a couple tweaks and it could go a long way. Well, I'm going to sound crazy right now, but no, I really triple option. Watching... triple option. Go for it. <laughs> I really enjoyed mode. watching Dave Christensen's offense. Um, the coach before bowl, he had some really good quarterback play. Um, I remember Austin Carter Samuels. Yeah. He had uh, Brett Smith and they mobile put quarter, mobile atrocious. key mobile quarterbacks as well. Were those two guys. Yeah, but, I mean, they did run the ball a lot. Um, it was just out of more of a spread-type offense rather than under center, the, the pro style, if, if that's what we're still calling it. Yeah. You know, I argue yeah. whether that really is the pro style. <laughs> but Like San Diego State, they forgot that they get rid of the tight end or full H fullback. Now they have a tight end in motion. A couple small minor tweaks could – maybe that's it. It could be – because you can run the same play. Let's finish here, but you can run the same play with, like, 10 different formations under center shotgun tight end emotion. You can run the same play and have the same schemes and concepts, but do it, but give the, a different look to the defense where you're still running maybe 8% less or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think when you look at, when you look at the end of the day, there've been, you know, between him and the last coach, the conference record isn't any better. I mean, Craig Bull has been 12 and 18 over the last four years in conference. Christensen was 12 and 19. They just did it different ways. Um, clearly there's something that's not working right now. It needs to be adjusted. I would love to see them spread the ball. They can still run the ball. Um, 
but the offense has always looked better, even with Josh Allen when he's not under center. It's it's just the way it, it it's just the way it is. So yeah, because like even here at University of Utah, Coach Winningham's like, I don't they they beat the living tar to Oregon with three tight ends and running the ball. They threw zero passes to a non-slot wide receiver in the first time they played Oregon and beat the crap out of them. That would be nice if Wyoming could do that. If you're winning that way, that's fine and fine. But what, what Utah also has, a good special teams player, Brent Covey. Well, there's issues with block punts and whatnot. But there's ways if you're winning, it doesn't really matter too much. Because Utah, like when they, like they're in the Rose Bowl, they brought in, oh, I forget his name, the dude from Milford, Utah, the pig farmer, they brought in. he And you mentioned the PI calls. He had two back-to-back PI calls and finally found a tight end to back the end into tight again. Those yeah. first two, those first two throws are terrible. Well, one was bad, one was good, but the defenders don't turn the head back. The def- defenders don't do what they need to do half the time. And if you can make a throw near near a guy and you got tight coverage, you can force pull Michael Irvin and get pass interference against the defense. So there's ways to move the ball without completing passes. It's weird to say, but there's but what but Utah's philosophy is okay, we'll be yeah, we'll do a shotgun, but if you go back to what Brett Smith and Austin Carter Samuels and look at Utah, their offenses aren't too much different. Cam Rising will run the ball to shotgun the quarterback before he, like yep. he had that pinball run where he thought he's getting tackled, spin moves off the off the linebacker and goes down the sideline for a touchdown. Maybe you get and they had that like they had the running ability mobile quarterbacks. They just didn't allow them to throw and, and throw. I mean, ten percent more. Yeah, Wyoming that's has success. I mean, Levi Williams, mm-hmm. he's had success doing that when he gets the ball from shotgun and he has an opportunity to run or throw. Um, there's just, there's that joke, run, run, pass, punt. Yeah. I'm on Twitter every week, <laughs> run, run, pass, punt. One like yard, felt, one yard, incompletion, punt. That's not the use of the winning. It's not going to, you're not going to win doing that. It's been, no. it's been proven over eight years. You're a 500 coach. If you do that. You know so. what a tweak they could do? Like mixing the shovel pass where it's like a re- run, like not necessarily run pass option, but you roll out and you have, almost like a screen type of pass like this it's if you i'd probably explain it poorly but you see the guy run out to have say a receiver in motion tight end you get the ball he's right-handed guy so he rolls out to the right side look downfield typically it looks like a slant or some sort of pattern to the sideline and then oh no the guy in front of you the tight end or wide receiver doesn't come he comes in motion but doesn't come behind the behind the offense line but kind of goes right past between linebackers and the defensive line we're always right there. You can just do a quick pitch right there where you're running, running, getting close on a scrimmage. Defense claps on you, give a pitch where it's almost an option, but it's technically a pass because he's running across the field and you can lead him with one of those. Something like that. It's not just a, a, a crossing route across the middle of the field. He's like two lines, two yards past line of scrimmage. Your QB runs to the outside. You have maybe a running back on the right, like the right side if you want to do a swing pass, a pass there possibly. Or, or then you have the guy, you just, you, oh, I'm going to run. You pitch it to him. Like there's, ways where you have four different options it's like a not necessarily a read option but it's either it's going to be clearly a pass or a run by the quarterback but you have the guy running across the line of scrimmage essentially you have your running back to the right side and whoever, whoever else is about five or 12 or 15 yards beyond that coming across the field where everything is to that right side of the field for right-handed quarterback mm-hmm. and you have a million options like do something like that move the pocket to do a couple different things mix in a counter play and throw it to the opposite side of the field it's like these aren't hard concepts concepts to figure out to have your same two tight end set with a running back and you can run those same plays, whether you have four wide receivers and shotgun or not. I, yeah, I'm not I, a, I completely agree with you. It's just, it is. Hire is me. I'll be receive. <laughs> no, he's not. Right? I, I, I don't think that that's, that's where my concern is. Um, so let's I don't up here. see it changing. What will make him change? Is it my idea of bringing an offensive guy, just like you're the offensive guy and deal with it. And, 
I would like you to keep these sort of concepts because this is what we do well. I mean, I, I, I really don't think, I don't think anything's going to make him change yeah. except for getting fired. And I'm not calling for him to get fired. That's um, a bad way to go I, though, man. I, I mean, I just, I don't see it changing really. I mean, it's been this bad since 2017. They were able to run the ball a little bit better earlier, um, you know, a few of those years back, but the offense has been bad since 2017. And every year it's like, well, we got to get a little bit better. We got to, we got to change some stuff. Last year they were going to re-engineer the offense. Paul Sick is a clone of what they had before. Coordinator. He's a they clone of what Yeah, he was the exact same guy they brought in. There was no real difference. So, Iowa well, offense runs the ball. That's what they do. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't necessarily see anything changing here. So, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe he does. Maybe he realized what was going on. He let the Polisek maybe experiment a little bit more with stuff that maybe he's picked up or stuff that he watches. Or, But I, I just don't see it. And that, that's, uh, that's where my frustration's at not that the results are terrible because there is some level of consistency. Um, it's that we're irrelevant offensively. And for the most part, yeah, we're a tough team in the mountain West, but we're not necessarily, we're not really contenders. I mean, you know, you play Wyoming, you're going to get a good game. They're going to be pretty well coached. Um, but as long as you don't do anything to mess up, you're probably going to win. And you look at his conference record and that's kind of, it's kind of what's going to happen. This was a year where they had a chance. I know Utah State came out of nowhere, but they, this was a year they could have done because Boise, new head coach, they were okay this year. Better than New Mexico. Colorado State was a complete mess. Air Force was a little bit better than we thought. But this year was a chance to do it. Now think of next year, and we'll wrap up here. Is he going to change with starting a true freshman or guys who took zero snaps this past year for his team? Unless he literally legitimately gets a guy from transfer portal who played, like who wants to – come to Wyoming to hand the ball off 27 times, 30 times, and throw eight times a game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see it, but I can't – I'm not saying it's impossible. He is a good coach. He has done some really good things. Yes. Um, can you teach an old dog new tricks? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Not yet. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe this is the year. Year nine is the year where he decides um, to open it up a little bit and you know, Wait, is make it, people want to be there. Is it really year nine there? Year nine, yes. It's been that long? It has been that long. And actually, if you look at his, his record, his first four years were better than his last four years. Yeah, he had, even with the two and ten year, he's yeah, yep, you're correct. Four, two, eight, eight, six, eight, two, seven. I know the two lot in twenty twenty is a little deceiving, but losing record and bomb the conference. Yeah. Oh man, it's in conference play, in conference play. He is over five hundred the last four years overall. But conference play, I've got them at well, no, he's forty five uh, and fifty. Overall, yeah. No, well, I mean, um, in overall, um, his first four years versus his oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's um, yeah. But you look at his conference record: fifteen and seventeen for the first four years, twelve and eighteen over the last four years. Two. So they've winning, really taken a step back in conference play. Two winning seasons overall, and it's not getting easier because Blake Anderson's a good coach. They'll be a, like if we look really quick snapshot next year. New, I know Jay Norvell. We'll see how that turns out early on. That'll be interesting, but that'll they might be. It's going to be good. I it's going to be a good hire for them. It might not be well, good it is. next year, but well, it's going to so, work out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like next year, they're probably with all the losses and gains, they're probably even. I would say for the most part, yeah. the only team I'll say they're better than is New Mexico. That's it. And that's the team that Craig Bull can't beat. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, man. Because uh, Boise State's always going to be good. They'll, Andy Alvarez year two as a head coach learned a lot this past year. And yeah, they're going to be fine. Can ever be healthy? They'd be really good again, like elite. And Air Force is always really good. You got 
CSU Air, or whatever, not them. Air Force is always good and tough, but I don't know, man. What do you Utah want? State probably takes a little step back, but not, you know, not where they're irrelevant. They're getting, you know, oh. eight, nine wins probably. Yeah, there's like Justin Rice and Devin Tompkins. If Calvin Tyler Jr. is healthy the whole year, look what he did in the bowl game in the first half of the year. He's one of the best running backs in the conference. And yeah, that mountain division is going to be tough. It's going to be really tough next year. So what do you, okay, let's wrap this. What do you want to ultimately see? I know you probably said it, but like kind of a quick 60 seconds or whatever you want to wrap up here. Like, what do you want to see out of the program like next two or three years, essentially? Well, I would love to see the offense just take off. That's fine. That's They'll perfect. hire a guy like Graham Harrell to run your offense. Like at a place like Wyoming, you, you have to overcome the obstacles you have. You don't have a huge recruiting area. You don't have a highly desirable place. So you got to spend money. They've done that. Um, with Bull. Bull's the highest paid coach. Well, until Norvell, he was the highest paid coach in the conference. Um, you got to open up that that pool for the, for the assistants. Spend money there. Put money into that. The facilities at Wyoming, top notch. Some of the best in the country, not just in the Mount West. You, um, you go to those facilities. They are phenomenal. Um, and people, people talk about how great, how surprised they are. So there is money being put into places you got to put more into your coaching. So what, I mean, what are you going to do? If you're going to pay 1.8 million and bull is your guy, then you, you got to pay more to get an assistant or you got to move on. Right. Um, but this offense really has to take off. I, I think defensively they're fine. You know, they're going to give up more points. If you score more points, that's just the way it is. Right. Look at the NIU um, game, 50 to 42 yeah, <laughs> or whatever it was. The, the bull game, the, what they get, 38, 35. Yeah. So it wasn't, it's going to happen when you score points and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. Um, but we, we do, we need to see more offense. We need to see, I mean, yards, points, diversity. You can't have Downfield. a run, run, pass, punt. So that's, that's what I would love to see. And I don't know if Bull's going to be the guy to do it. I hope so. Who knows? I'll wrap here too. I, I get getting Pulisic from Iowa is a pretty big deal. Cause a big 10 guy, offensive line coach, you know, who they, I'm cause you mentioned recruiting as well. There's clearly not just a, but there's no, the talent's just not there because population, weather, a million reasons why, well, I mean, there's, very few division one FBS athletes, college football. I was, I was thinking like, where would be an interesting, you want to recruit the South a little bit. Like they, California is really big, obviously, because they play out in California. How would you feel about going to the far Southeastern part of the country for your next offensive coordinator to be possibly uh, Willie Corn from coastal Carolina? Oh, or I maybe, think that'd be phenomenal. Um, or Newland Isaac, who's the co-OCs there in coastal who run a unique, run option type of offense. Yeah. I mean, that would, that something like that. It's gotta be unique. It's gotta be something to bring people um, to Wyoming. They are recruiting well in Southern California. They do recruit the Valley. Well, they recruit the Houston, San Antonio, Dallas area. Well, um, and then they do have a Midwestern pipeline, but you're right. Like you gotta be able to bring more of those guys in. How do you do that? You've got to have something more exciting, something different, something that players want to play in. That's, that's how you get over the hump. Yeah, and that offense, it's different enough. Like, I just, I was thinking, like, who's unique offense where they could pay a guy probably a touch more than what they're getting, and you can recruit that part of the country? Because Willie Corn, wasn't he Western Kentucky, I believe, their QB a while back, if I recall? That name rings a bell for me a while back where he was at. He's been Charleston Southern Coastal. But, like, something like that, bring in and out somebody who's way on the outside of the box. Like, like I mentioned, Brendan Marion from, he's at Pitt now, wide receiver coach. Who doesn't want to see the go-go offense there who ran at Howard and beat UNLV with uh, a couple of years ago? Yeah, just mix it up a little, just enough. Like they, I get it. Running the ball is great. They do a good job. Just tweak it a little. It's like you're cooking. Like just oh, making this awesome 
whatever you're making chili or something great. Like if you make a chili or a stew or jambalaya, you just throw crap in there. Essentially. It's kind of what it is. You get the right ingredients, what you want. If you're making like a, like I'm, you're in Houston right now, aren't you correct? Is that where you're currently staying? Or yeah, you, yeah, I'm in Houston. You've been to a place where they have jambalaya, stuff oh, yeah. like that, seafood. Like, you throw whatever you want. Okay, maybe I don't need all the crawfish. I don't need all the this particular sausage. I don't need the Zatarain's rice or whatever. Let me mix this here and there, just refine it, and but it's still a jambalaya, what you're getting, or a stew or a chili. It's the same concept, but you yeah, you, you can't the, you can't uh, go with the same thing. It doesn't taste good and make it every single time. You got you to gotta do something about that. And plus they're impossible to make the same every time almost from my experience, because they're always a little bit different because you want to tweak it and it's, Oh, that's not good. But that's, I think it's a good analogy. Make, make it a little bit different, but keep your philosophies the same because when you run the offense and it's a under center, do it San Diego state. Like we keep going back to them or bring in the pistol or do what New Mexico did. Like when they had a uh, Bob Davey, they ran that weird, unique, very unique run option offense. Some, yeah. not that, not that you do that, but you you do you move, you do like I mentioned before in that weird play explanation, which may not have been great, but <laughs> but you, people understand. I'm getting that little swing pass or the option shovel pass. Yeah, there's just got to there's got to be something a little different. There's got to something has to change, right? Yeah. It's just what's happening right now can't can't be accepted to be acceptable. It, it, if you want to, if you're accepting what it is, then you're okay being 500. You know, you're okay being average or do you want to be great? Do you want to take a chance and be great? I haven't really seen that yet. I haven't seen um, that anybody go out there and take that chance to do that. And so we're going to keep getting that same stew every single time until something it's comfor- changes. It's comfortable. You know, you know what you're getting, right? Yeah. That's that's a good way to put it. And they, it's it's tough to Wyoming's never going to be that Joe Teller. They went to the back title game in 96 when they almost beat BYU back in the gigantic wacky years. And they've had 10 win seasons. I don't know if they could ever be consistently 10 plus one seasons, but give me a couple nine and four years, right? Mix in a well, 10. And, and who in the Mountain West? I mean, who, especially in the Mountain Division, Boise State has shown that, but who really has shown to be that consistent? I mean, Air, Air Force? Force, but maybe, Air, yeah. You know, everybody, everybody, the nature of small football is that you have some ups and downs, right? You have these years of nine wins, 10 wins, and it's sometimes easy to do that because the competition level isn't as great as if you get dropped into the SEC and you're asked to turn around Vanderbilt. You're in the Mountain West. There's going to be some fluctuation. We just haven't really seen it at Wyoming. We've seen New Mexico State or New Mexico make a run. We've seen Air Force, Boise, Utah State, even Colorado State. All five teams have made nine wins or better at some point. Wyoming is the only team in the Mountain Division that hasn't gotten over nine wins during this last eight-year stretch with Bull. That's a good point. Every team has won a division title. Every team's appeared in a championship game except for New Mexico that one year. So it's cyclical a little bit. Every team is up, but I think what Wyoming fans want is just, and you'll probably agree, like just six and six, whatever it happens. Four games, unfortunately, may happen. I think you want to make the lower end set six wins where, oh, eight wins is more of a norm every now and then. Like, okay, we'll go six wins here, nine year, eight year. You want the six wins to be kind of a almost a, a bad year where if you go forward and like, Holy crap, like air force had the once a decade a couple of years yeah. ago where they were really bad, but that can happen. But I think they want the floor to be higher Absolutely. and make some, I don't know. Okay. We'll really end on this. Is Craig bull fine for his job next couple of years? Oh, he's, because he's already got rid of the OC before we left their DCs leave on their own volition because they're good. Cause it's kind of like, Oh, you're covering, covering your butt when you fire the OC because okay, it's go to the coaches. Then it's me next. 
So had they not had all these transfers, I would have said he needed seven wins next year. Um, or I think he might, he might be somebody who's on the move. With all the transfers, Berman has come out and supported him. It's mm. hard not to expect the team to be worse next year. And if you know that at this point and you haven't fired him, why are you going to fire him next year after a three or four win season? Right. That's so I don't necessarily know, you know, what's going to happen. Um, I don't, I don't think he's going to get fired next year unless it completely bottoms out. Like two wins. Would that get him fired? I think that that might be an area where he gets fired, but I think, I mean, I think the bar is pretty low. And I think, I think Berman is aware of that given what, what they've seen. So I think they might not make a bowl game. He could still be okay. Whereas before or after the bowl game this year, I would have said he needs to have seven wins to be comfortable and maybe even more than that. So that's fair. With all, expectations change what people leave. But here's, I'll leave people with this Utah State last year won one game. Yes, COVID shortened year. Gary, Gary Anderson, yes, quit on the team. Screwed his assistant coaches over. They quit on the final game of the year. They win the conference championship. Fresno State a couple years ago won one game, win the conference championship game. Turnarounds could happen very quickly. And not to say Wyoming is that they were not that bad this year, but who they lost and what they can do. But the key with turnarounds were new coaches, new staff, and something new to the program. What is Wyoming going to bring new to the program to make next year or two more excitable and contend for conference title? That's the big question we want to know. I think it's clearly an offense and retaining talent or developing and retaining talent. So I completely agree with you. You know, turnarounds do happen. Uh, I'd add San Jose state to your list of examples, right? It's possible. Um, so there, there shouldn't be any excuses by what's not possible because it is, it is possible. So, and like I said, non-conference isn't overly bearing. Like they can go two and two easily. I think maybe three went to something goes nice, but I don't know. I just want the offense to be a touch better and have here's the thing. College football is supposed to be fun. Make it fun for these guys. That's what I'll yes. end on there. Have fun. Throw, mix in a end around occasionally. Give a flea flicker. Give a wide receiver screen. Fake punt occasionally. Go for it on fourth and one at your own 30 yard line. Why not? <laughs> okay, 37 yard line. Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So we'll wrap up there. So Jesse, thank you for joining. Amazing. Um, check us out mwwire.com. Um, find our Wyoming takes everywhere we can find it. Um, so what's your Twitter handle? So let people know because you put stuff out there occasionally. Yeah, at Jesse Tachi Keen. So my name, first and last name. It's a T A C H I Q U I N. So yes. we retweet his stuff a lot. So look for that. And he writes every now and then occasionally on the website when the flyer gets to him, which happened recently. So go check that out about <laughs> the help wanted sign, which was hilarious. And I'm coming around to being a good idea, but it's still, we already discussed enough. It's um, show me your work before we put that again about bringing up Josh Allen. <laughs> just ne- be the next Josh Allen. So we'll be back next time. Um, we'll be doing. I don't know when the next time we'll hear from us or what show we'll do, but me and Matt might do a, I'll ask you this because we're going to do a bold prediction show. Do you have a bold prediction you want to bring out right now for next year about anything in the conference real quick? Wyoming related or not? Oh, man. Wow. Who's going to win? Oh. Tell me right now. I'll lock it in. Penn. <laughs> Who's going to win the conference next year? Boise. I think Boise's coming back. I like Avalos. I think, he, I think they're coming back. That's a good answer. It's also a, it's a safe answer, but that's fine. It's okay. They didn't win this year, so maybe not super safe. Hey, that's they're it. not all that happy with them right now. So I think I think I'm kind of going on a limb a little bit. A little. So we'll see. No, that's total. That's perfectly fine. We're gonna who knows what we'll bring up next week when we discuss this stuff. But thanks for hopping on. And everybody uh, again, mwwire.com, MWC wire on Twitter. 
And yeah, we'll be back uh, next time. So check the feed and hit the subscribe button. If somehow you made it this far and haven't subscribed, what are you doing? Just uh, please go follow, subscribe, however you get it. So uh, listen to us because we'll ramble during the off season and keep you hopefully entertained for 50 to 80 minutes at a time.